Welcome to Lift Yourself Podcast. I'm your host, Laura, and I created this podcast to help you feel inspired and uplifted so you can unleash your potential self to the world. In this podcast, I talk about divine feminine energy, female empowerment, personal development, and much more. You can expect a mixture of guest interviews and solo episodes from me alongside some of my guided meditations. I'm so happy that you're joining me today. So let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, I am joined by the lovely Kayla, who is a mindset and energy coach. Kayla's work is all about helping women to transform from surviving to thriving, and she incorporates a lot of mindset work and tools and EFT practices and the energetics of doing the inner work. I met Kayla during a mastermind group that I joined earlier this year, and I really love her energy and how she is very straight talking and will give this loving, kind-hearted advice what you just know that what she's saying is through so much passion to support you and help you grow. And some of the things that Kayla shared to me during my time in that mastermind was really expansive and helped me to make progress. So Kayla, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here excited so just for context we have just done finishing recording a podcast episode that I appeared on Kayla's show so I will link that if it's out before this one I'll make sure that there is a link so you can go and check that out after you've listened to this one because it was so much fun and now it is my turn to to interview Kayla so a great starting point if it's okay with you Kayla is a background story I would love to hear what led you on this path and journey to doing the inner work on yourself so whatever you feel comfortable to share with us absolutely so let's kind of start back at the beginning I grew up in Idaho uh, in Boise which is the biggest city in Idaho but it's not that big relative to anywhere else um, there's like maybe a million people and like the collective and that's about it. So that's where I grew up. And uh, I was born to parents that were super young, both my dad and my mom, they were barely 18 when I was born. And so a few years when I was about four, my grandma ended up getting custody of me and being able to raise me because my parents were, they were still kids, you know, they were still figuring things out. And um, so with growing up, and not having siblings, not really having a normal family dynamic, I was already kind of feeling like out of place in a way, like something was just, I wasn't normal, I couldn't relate to all my friends usually, and um, from a really young age, I just felt different, and I really couldn't put my finger on what it was, I just felt uncomfortable almost in my own skin, and uh, my grandma was such a sweetheart, she put me in therapy right when she, um, right when she got me, which is great, and uh, through going through school, I was just really quiet. I was always that person that was like being bullied or I wouldn't stick up for myself. But if it was something to do with my friends, like if they were being bullied, I would have no problem sticking up for them. But I just didn't really have that confidence in myself or that worthiness, you know, because I was like, oh my gosh, my own parents don't want to raise me. Like, geez, like what's going on here, you know? And through the different things that I had been through, in that four years from zero to four, a lot had happened. Um, and with having trauma when you're really young, it really does shape your mindset. It shapes your subconscious. It really determines how you feel about yourself. And so a lot of kids, they blame themselves for their circumstances, their, their life, how people feel. They're thinking, oh my gosh, well, it must be me. I must be the problem or I must have done something. And, uh, and it's quite sad. And so I had that mentality growing up that like something must be wrong with me. And so as I fed more into that energy, I uh, it became my identity and it, I became something that I used to kind of say to myself, well, yeah, you are different. Like you are by yourself. You're alone. Like you've always been like this. It's fine. And um, I was very numb even through going through school and going to therapy and stuff. Therapy is great, but it really only helps you to the awareness that you already have. 
right? Your therapist can't just like rip the bandaid off of everything and be like, well, this is just how it is to like a six-year-old or a 12-year-old, or even if you're 16 or 20, like there are certain things that people have to figure out on their own. And so even though I was, I was with my therapist for so long, there was things that were down, like really buried below the surface that I had no idea about. And even if she could see them, she really couldn't be like, well, Kayla, like this is what's going on, or this is why you do this, or this is the explanation for how you feel in this, in this kind of way. Um, and so as I went through high school, I hated it so much that I actually finished a full year early because I was like, I just feel uncomfortable. There's got to be something more. I just don't feel like these are my people. And it actually had nothing to do with anyone else around me. It was because I felt so empty and I felt like I needed more help. I needed something different because I wasn't able to feel fully present. I wasn't able to be happy and to be 15 and, you know, having your grandma care so much that she's like, well, let's go to a doctor. Maybe you need to be on depression meds or anxiety meds, or maybe there's something else wrong with you. Maybe you have like ADHD or, you know, you're on the spectrum or whatever. There was all these things that she was trying to help dabble into, which is great. Um, and I wasn't really one to want to put a label on something, right? Because these are just my experiences. And yeah, they've shaped me in a way, but I don't need that validation. I just want to feel better. I don't want to put a, a, a band-aid or a blanket over something or, you know, put the, put the picture frame face down. I want to actually see it for what it is and to be able to heal the root of it. And so through therapy and through growing up and just not feeling good, I eventually realized that I was like sexually abused when I was little, but it didn't come to light until I was like 20. So that's 20 years that I like that I suppressed that, which is pretty cool uh, for our mind to be that strong. But uh, it really led me to a path of being like, okay, something has to change here because I'm not happy with how things are. I don't want to have a family and to not be able to be present and feel my best and to have good experiences in life and to be able to attract friends that are healthy and attract good partnerships. And I kept picking guys that were abusive and I didn't actually realize it until a few months later, or I'd pick someone who I thought was great and they'd be a narcissist or they'd be controlling or I would attract people that had anxious attachment styles. And so me being the sensitive sponge that I am, I would be anxious and I'm like, where is this coming from? This is so weird. And uh, through, in my early twenties, I was ignoring all of the signs from my intuition, from, from God, the universe, spirit guides, whatever you wanna call them, all the help around me, I was ignoring it because I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's fine. I go to therapy. It's fine. And you'll notice now that I usually don't ever say that word because it's what I used to cope. It's what I used to think that it was okay. And I just kind of I surface level, like looked over stuff and glanced all over. And I never wanted to actually dig deep. I wasn't actually doing the work, quote unquote, like I thought I was. Um, and you could be going to therapy for however long, but if you're not fully present, it doesn't matter. You could get better results going for a month or a few months or a few years versus 20, depending on how involved you are. And so that's been a really big lesson in my journey is like, you could be doing something, but how much energy are you putting into it? How open are you to actually getting everything out of it that you're putting into it? Uh, and through avoiding things and avoiding the traumas and thinking that I had dealt with stuff when I hadn't, it was starting to come up physically. And it started very small with like pain in my back between my shoulder blades. I would get really tired, really fatigued. There was a year where I was sick every single like two weeks. It was just like on repeat. And uh, I was like, oh, it's fine. I'm just working too much. I'm in school, it's whatever. But no, I was everything that I was avoiding. Um, and at one point, the job I was working was in construction and uh, my mom had a construction company and I had a, I had a dog at the time and I was actually staying with friends. I had just moved out of a boyfriend's house. Um, he upset me. We just weren't getting along. And I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm out of here. And uh, so I packed everything up 
and move to the next day, which when I make my mind on something, I just kind of do it. It's just, it's innate. It's like once I decide it's happening, it's already happened in my brain. And uh, I have no holding back with once I fully commit to something. And so when I moved, um, where I moved to was staying with friends, I was waking up at 3 a.m. to go to work. And then I would get off work at like 3, 4, shower at like the gym, or sometimes I would just change clothes, go right into class, like go into college, you know, do classes for a few hours, and then have to drive home like an hour and a half. And I'd be getting home at like 10 o'clock. And I did this for like a few months, like solid. Um, and I was so committed to getting myself out of where I was. I was just so unhappy with the people I was attracting. And I was tired of thinking that everything was fine online. I would post pictures of events, holidays. Maybe people wouldn't even realize like how sad I was or how depressed I was, but it was really, really difficult. And I was just hanging on by a thread for so long. And um, I used to hear people say like, oh, you're pretty. How are you sad? Or how are you depressed? Or you don't look depressed. You don't look sick. You look fine. And uh, I think it's a misconception that there are a lot of invisible illnesses. There are things that are people, things that people deal with internally that don't always show externally if you don't know what to look for. Or if you're not super intuitive or sensitive, normal people may not know. And uh, through that, through really putting myself in periods of time where I was like so committed to making a change, I started to open myself up to more reading and more podcasts. And eventually there was one year where it was my new year's resolution to start meditating. And I did, and I did it for a full, like, I think I got to like 500 days straight or something like that. I don't do that every day now, but I, I love to meditate still. And it was slowly just getting over myself and finding out that healing starts internally and no one can give you that you can't go to something and expect them to fix you but you have to be an active part in your journey and you can't just sit on the sidelines because it's your life you are the main character even if you feel like an extra or you feel like you're the cleaning crew after the movie's made no like you are like the main person and you need to start acting like it and taking the initiative on whatever you want to create because if you're not happy with your life it's okay it's not over. Like you have so much more you can do, but you have to actually change something different to want different results. Um, and going back to the the physical symptoms with the with the muscle tightness and the pain and things, I started to lose mobility in my neck, and I ended up going to the hospital a few times because they were thinking, oh, she's you know ruptured an artery or something from the chiropractor, and uh, it was really scary and. They would run all these tests and sometimes it would come back so normal that they're like, we don't know what's wrong with you. We don't know. Maybe you have um, fibromyalgia. Maybe you have Lyme disease. Maybe you have some autoimmune disease. We just don't really know. And there was a surgeon or a specialist that I went to for my neck and he did uh, x-rays and he was like, Kayla, I'm so confused. I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't know why you can't move your neck. I'm not sure what's going on. And that I felt crazy. I felt like I'm going to die. Like, in my 20s because I don't know what's going on. Um, and it took so, <laughs> it took so much effort from everything around me to put me at rock bottom for me to be like, okay, what am I missing? <laughs> like, what's the lesson here? What am I ignoring so bad to where I'm like at like my lowest of lows? Like I was lower than I thought people could even get. Uh, and so that's kind of what led me into making all the changes into being in a place now where I can openly talk about it and share about it. But before I was trying to avoid everything, I would try to hide everything because I was ashamed. I was sad that I let things get to how they were. I ignored myself. I put myself last for so long and I didn't have the, um, the awareness or I didn't let anything change my reality until it got so bad that I kind of had no other choice. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing all of that. Wow, such an experience that you've been through. I really want to talk to you about the physical illnesses that you were experiencing and how you were able to overcome them. What happened from that point to change so you weren't in that pain anymore? 
So I started going to the chiropractor when I initially started feeling the pain. And I think I was numb for so long and so um, disassociated with reality that when traumatic things would happen when I was younger, I could project myself out of my body and see myself as if I was a different person. Um, and that's a very common trauma response. Well, I don't know how common it is for like everyday things, but it's something very specific and isolated. People can do that when their brain is like, oh no, that's not us. That was totally someone else. Like that had not happened to us. That's what I would do. And the more you do that, the more you start to fracture and separate what your mind believes and what's actually real, right? Because normally whatever you're thinking, your mind thinks is real. But if you're seeing yourself outside of your body, well, then that's a whole different story. And so that's what I would do without realizing it. Or I could focus on something and my vision would go black and white. And I would just totally be drawn out of my body. Or like I would just like seeped into the earth, even though my body is still up here. I just felt so detached. And with that, um, I wasn't feeling anything. And so the pain that came on was so severe, I was going to the chiropractor a few times a week. And with that, they had a machine there, which was a microneurofeedback machine. I don't know if you've heard about that treatment or not. No. Okay. It's, um, it's basically rewiring the neural pathways in your brain with, with uh, frequencies. And so I would go in for treatments and I have a few reels on my Instagram page if anyone wants to see what this looks like, but they basically have like electrodes hooked up to you, up to your, your face and, um, and your neck. And there's different programs in this software that they use. And uh, I would do that. And the first time I did it, Laura, I was like, did I just take drugs? Like, did I just do something crazy because my vision was so much more clear, colors were brighter my ears were so sensitive, my eyes were sensitive, and I just felt this like rush of energy, and it was like, oh wait, like does this, is this what everyone feels like? Because I feel gypped, like I feel robbed, I want to go back and do this like 20 something years over, because it was so night and day with just the first treatment, I walked out of there thinking, even if that's crack, it's okay, because that was just so cool, like I was obsessed with, with that feeling, and it made me also sad to know that wow, you've actually felt so bad that you had no idea because you had nothing to compare it to. Like that was your normal. Um, and so through those treatments, which are completely safe and healthy, I know I'm making a joke about it, but it um, they have such minimal side effects. And it was something that really allowed to, I allowed it to be like a main tool for, for that period of time. So with that in chiropractic, um, after doing more of just awareness and meditation, I started to get more symptoms. So my neck would feel better for a period of time. But then I would get these migraines or then I would start to feel different symptoms. I would get like severe pain, but I couldn't pinpoint where it was coming from. I would get periods where my skin would just freak out. I would, I could eat nothing and have like an upset stomach. Um, and there was a few times where I passed it on my kitchen floor from just being in so much pain. It was like a normal thing for me. Um, there was a few times where I fell asleep with the heating pad and I woke up throwing up because I was like cooking my insides because my muscles were so tight. I was like, please give me some relief or something. Uh, and I'm not really one to take medication. I don't like it. I don't prefer to just grab an Advil bottle or a Tylenol bottle when I'm not feeling good. I want to figure out what, where it's coming from because our body's talking to us always. And as I was experiencing these physical symptoms, I would get really upset in my body thinking like, it's just being disobedient in a way. Like, how could you, if I felt betrayed, I felt like what's going on? Like, why don't you just operate? Like there's people that take way worse care of themselves that look fine, that feel fine. Like why, what's wrong with me? Why aren't you just you know, helping me live a normal life. And it was, I was talking to myself in a way that my body was separate from me, but it's not, it's all one piece. It's all connected. Um, and so, yeah, I ended up going to the hospital a few times. I went to different specialists and uh, I had like my hormones tested. I went to a nutritionist and she did a 
full blood panel. She took so much blood. I was like, how much blood can you take before someone dies? Because there was like 15 like vials of blood um, and like this giant packet of the results. When it came back, she was explaining everything and giving me different supplements. And she was actually explaining how so much of physical symptoms and things in our body can be avoided without having deficiencies of like magnesium and different things. And our food that we eat now doesn't have what we actually need it to. And so if you take someone over their whole lifetime and they're used to processed food and things that are quick, they've been depleted for so long, it's gonna show up physically in the body because you're not giving it the fuel it needs to. And so it was a correlation of that with trauma and things that I've been packing around. I also grew up kind of in an environment where I didn't have a ton of role models. I didn't have any siblings. I didn't feel close to my friends. I didn't feel like I could talk to people in my family besides my grandma that really understood me and were accepting enough to where I trusted them enough to be vulnerable. So I felt like I always had to put on this front around everything and it was exhausting. Are you someone who wants to begin working on their mindset to up-level their life, feel better about themselves, have more confidence and self-belief? Then my coaching may well be for you. I currently have availability for one soulmate client to begin working with me before the end of 2023. So if you want to start 2024 being able to look back and know that you truly went in on the work and you began to see all of these amazing changes in your life, then you can apply to work with me one-on-one by following the application form in the description of this episode. If you have any questions about one-on-one coaching and what that involves, feel free to drop me a DM over on Instagram and I'm more than happy to have a chat with you. My coaching involves a combination of mindset work and energetics. I love to incorporate the energy of the divine feminine alongside doing work in the subconscious mind. This helps you to tap into your own intuition and to be able to build the self-confidence internally to do whatever it is that you truly want to do. And all of this together is a recipe for transformation. So if you are ready to up-level your habits, to feel more you than ever before, then now is the time to get out of your own way and to begin to do the work having me as your coach. I can't wait for us to work together. It's so common, isn't it, that people get to a point where they are fed up of living the same experiences and living the same life and they decide enough's enough and I'm going to be motivated to transform. And I don't know whether it's the motivated by the fear, by the pain, by not staying the same and the pain of staying the same or whether it's through the vision of excitement of what could be in the future and it sounds like for you, it was, I don't want to live my life in this way anymore, attracting these people, feeling this way about myself. I know it's not meant to continue. So what else were you doing at the time alongside the health tests and making changes to your lifestyle, like the mindset stuff? What was bringing in there? So along with the changes I was making, um, I was still having a component that was playing a really big piece that was undoing what I was working towards. It was kind of like, I would take two steps forward and three steps back in a way with, I was doing things externally to heal and to change, but I was counteracting it with distracting myself more, with working more, with having a really scarcity mindset of being like, well, if I don't figure this out, like I'm so lucky I work for myself. Otherwise I'd be fired from a job, you know, having all this chronic fatigue and illness and, things I couldn't even explain. I was at one point scared to make plans with anyone because I didn't know I was going to feel in an hour or five hours or two weeks or whatever. And I always felt so bad for canceling. It would just give me so much anxiety where I could hyperventilate and pass out. Like that was a normal thing for me, which is, which is wild. Um, At one point when it got so bad, I was in a really, really just dark, deep depression, um, not being able to walk my dogs, not feeling like I wanted to take a shower, not wanting to eat. Um, I remember sitting on the edge of my bed and I was writing out letters to everyone of like my grandma, my dad, my mom, all these people of what I wanted to tell them. Cause I was like, I'm sending myself home. I'm over this, like mission canceled. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, but this is not it. I'm not feeling it at all. And this whole time I was asking for help. 
right? I, I wanted help. I wanted things to be different. And I just felt like I was just being toyed around like a rag doll. And I wasn't really getting the help that I needed. Even though I was improving, there was still a big piece that was missing. And I just couldn't really, couldn't really figure out what that was. And so I was, I was as I'm writing these letters, I'm like, wow, you're really going to do this. Like, this is actually happening because I had felt this way a few times before, but this time it was like, it was scary how real it was. Cause I was like, oh, I'm scaring myself because I'm actually going to do this. Um, and thinking back, I, uh, I don't know if anyone listening has ever experienced this when you're in a, a, dip, a depression or like a deep state, but I was starting to see things around me. I would see dark shadows and things and no one else could see them, which was freaking me out. And I was like, oh gosh, okay. And uh, I remember sitting in bed the like day after I was writing those letters um, and I had kind of sealed them up cute and put pictures in them. I was like going kind of the full 10 yards to just share with people, you know, my perspective and anything I wanted to say, any like last touches or memories and I was sitting in bed thinking about those letters and out of the corner of my eye, I see this like dark, tall figure in my room and I'm freaking out, right? Because when I look directly at it, I can see it for what it is. But if, if I look from the corner of my eye, like I can't, I can't see it at all. So it was just really strange and it freaked me out. And um, I guess it scared me a little bit to be like, okay, this is actually what you want because you're obviously sitting in a vibration where you are, <laughs> you're getting close. Um, and I believe it was the next day or the day after that. This was like the pivotal week of my entire life when all this stuff was like really just at its breaking point. I was like on the edge of like a cliff. Um, I had fallen in the bathroom because I was just losing like motion, like mobility, muscle memory. Like I just, I was kind of slowly dying. I was like deteriorating slowly. And I, I fell in the bathroom and I was laying there. And of course I'm crying. I'm like hysterical because I'm just, I could have had it at this point. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I can't really do anything. Uh, I feel like I, I go to do something and it, it doesn't work because I can't get my body to do it or I can't finish it or I can't get myself out of bed. I can't even get myself off the floor. And so out loud, I was like, okay, God, I'm done. I don't know what you want from me, but I need something different. I, I can't do this any longer. Like you have like a week, like I need some doctor. I need some answers. Otherwise I'll see you soon enough. And with that, uh, the next day I went into my place for the myofascial lease massages. And that's where they break up the fascia that, uh, supports your muscles. And a lot of times with people, when they have muscle tension, it's not usually the muscles, it's the fascia that's constricting, that's clamping down on it. And that's kind of like the netting that holds everything together. And that was so tight that I would go in weekly, sometimes more than that for massages. And when I was in there, and Maureen was so sweet. She knows everything that's happened. And I was talking to her and she's like, you know what, Kayla, I think you would love to go see this person. I just saw them a few weeks ago. It was great. You're going to love it. And I was like, okay, I call them. They're like, yeah, we actually have a cancellation for tomorrow, which, you know, we normally don't get cancellations. I was like, oh, cool. Okay. And it turns out this is the person who was able to help. This is the person with the answers. And he's like a holistic doctor, has certifications like out the wazoo, um, but he does like cranial sacral therapy and oriental medicine and different things and to really allow people to come back to their center, come back to bridging the gap between your body and your mind and, and your soul and your spirit and allowing you to be able to heal from things and process things somatically out of your body. And I mean, he saved my life, but it took me getting to a point to where I needed all these different experiences to be able to share with people now you know, what I've been through and what I can talk about, what I can help people with. I needed all of those. But at the time I was like, can I just skip the last part, the, like the last step? Cause that seems way easier than having, you know, years of this zigzag motion back and forth on the timeline. But uh, I actually really appreciate it now. And so if anyone has tried cranial sacral therapy or somatic stuff, it's so cool how much our body remembers. Like our body does keep score of stuff, even if we don't remember, even if we blocked it out, um, it's all there still. And the more energy that's stored in your body from those things, 
the less you have to work with, the less you have to be able to actually use and create stuff with and change how you feel and, and be able to work towards what you want and to not feel so stuck or a victim to your circumstances. The more energy you have, the more you can do. And so it's about coming to a place where how good, how I mean, how bad do you want to feel good? How much do you want to heal to be able to change stuff? Yeah. So were you releasing things in that practice what what were some of the things that you were going through that was really able to shift how you were feeling um yeah it's all about releasing so um with the different techniques and stuff a lot of it is about the perspective so with chris that's his first name um he has these innate gifts of being able to ask the right questions, to be able to get someone to have the awareness, to see things in a different way that changes their perspective on something, right? Um, For example, the person who uh, sexually assaulted me when I was four was a family friend. And I would go around, once I remembered what had happened, I thought that they were a bad person. Like that's what I would, that's what I would think. And um, I remember talking to him about it in a session and he was like, okay, um, so what do you think that, what do you think happened? Like, what would you call that? And I was like, well, it, it's a mistake. Yeah, it's a mistake, right? It shouldn't have happened or it's it's bad. It, you know, no one should want that for anyone or no one should try to do that to anyone. And he said, okay, have you made mistakes? And I said, yeah, of course I've made mistakes. I'm a human. It's like, okay, are you a bad person? And I said, well, no, I wouldn't say I'm a bad person. I just have, you know, I've made mistakes. I said, okay, so is that a bad person? Like, in your perspective, do you think that someone would want to do that? And I said, probably not. Um, And to be able to shift not what's happened, but how you look at it. And a lot of times, too, people that do that, a a lot of times they have experienced that, too, right? It's the environment that made them this monster, um, they didn't choose that. It was kind of, it was chosen for them in a way. Not that it makes it okay. Not that I discredit what I've been through or what anyone else has been through, but think about what environment created that? What made that person be like that? How could someone, how could anyone want to do that to anyone else? Um, and that really allowed me to, to feel more comfortable, to get my power back, to think, okay, if I ever ran into this person on the side of the road, I don't think I would have any, any hate or anything towards this person. Like I actually feel bad for this person and anyone listening, you might think, oh my gosh, Kayla is so crazy to like think that way to someone who's done something so horrible, but it's all about how you look at it. It's all about your mindset and being able to change things of just your perspective um, has really shifted a lot. So each session with him is totally different. There's times where I'll do like two back to back because once we're kind of in the middle of something, like I want more time to be able to finish whatever it is, but it's basically been like therapy times a thousand. It's not even any close to near the results or the transformations that I've been able to experience with just therapy alone. And uh, I have people in my life that are starting to go to him in Idaho and they're having amazing results and transformations. And it's so beautiful that you can find the right people to help you. You just have to keep asking and be be a, a little bit stubborn and persistent and consistent with that because it does it does come through at the right point. Yeah, and it's also about having the courage to face it because as you mentioned, it's so easy for us to distract ourselves and look at the external objects and achievements in order to feel better or to feel like we're filling a void and I resonate with that from my own story and then until you actually face it and look at it for what it is and think something has to change here and to be able to like pull yourself from where you were to be able to do the healing work and and do the uncomfortable work to get to this point you know, it's been a huge shift where you've instead used your experiences that have been out of your control to an advantage in many ways. Like you've turned it into a superpower because you've been able to see this isn't going to have hold of me. I'm going to use this now for my benefit. And then not only 
transform my life and my relationship with myself also the message that I put out to the world and the impact that that gets to have on other people and I think the more conversations like this that we have the less alone people feel who've experienced things such as sexual abuse or you know health trauma or any type of health issues that have really affected them and they've not had answers for it with from their body so thank you for being vulnerable enough to share that with us today and I know that you've done a lot of work on yourself you mentioned about the books and the podcasts and I know you're a big fan of EFT and I'm also a fan of EFT I find that really powerful so I want to talk to you about this concept of shifting from survival to thrive thriving so when you're in when you're surviving and you're wanting to grow and actually thrive how did that look for you in your life how did you make the change? I would say how I went from surviving to thriving comes down to a few things, but the main concept would be to change your identity, to change how you see yourself. Uh, If I was to able, or if I kept resonating with the past evidence or experiences I had of, I attract toxic partners, I attract shallow friends or, or mean girls. I am alone and no one understands me. If I believe that I have to put up this wall to family and friends or have this external shell when I go out into the world, then I will continue to do that because I'm going to make my actions align with what I think in my head. Um, and to be able to shift my identity really started with affirmations and I would journal them and stuff. But now I find that like, mirror work, saying them to yourself, looking yourself in the eyes and saying them has such a greater impact um, than writing them. Because when we're writing them, you're in your head. And so if you're saying, I am beautiful, I attract abundance, I attract healthy partners, you're in your head, not in your body. And one of the best ways to create change is through sensation. It's through your emotions, it's through your feelings. And I think some people think emotions or feelings are the same thing, but they're not emotions create feelings in your body like they're one after the other and the more you can feel something the more your body believes it to be real and so um being able to kind of visualize and tap into that with like meditation and stuff um to be able to shift that around and it's been a process it's not something that I don't think has happened overnight by any means uh I would say even six months ago I'm so different now than I was a year ago like that feels like a lifetime five years ago that girl was on a whole different planet a different universe like who even knows where she was because of how much has changed and uh coming down to like just habits of being consistent with things to shift my identity has really helped another thing that really has played a big impact is my environment we like to think that we're smarter or we're more capable or we're more aware uh, we could be anywhere and it wouldn't affect us. But that's not true though. It does affect you. Even if it's in small ways, You up, people will notice if they get a different job or they have different friends, they'll start using the words that they say around them without even realizing it, right? You'll be like, this doesn't sound like me. Who am I talking about? But it's you. You've just picked it up from someone else because we're all kind of like sponges walking around even if you're fully at full capacity, you're still going to pick up stuff around you, whether you like it or not, good or bad. It doesn't really doesn't really matter because you, you're just going to do that within capacity. So being able to audit my environment of so like, okay, where, where do I spend the most time? Who am I around? What content am I consuming online? What am I watching? I used to be someone who watched scary movies all the time. It would have to be something scary for me to feel anything. I would get bored in regular movies. I would get bored. I've never watched The Notebook. I've never watched any of these things where like women are like, Kayla, how could you? Like, oh my goodness, you're such like a disgrace for not like having, you know, Dear John, all these things. And I'm like, you like that stuff? That sounds like so just... like that's how I used to think because I needed to be extreme to feel something because your girl was really numb she was not really like checked into reality um and so with surviving 
that term I use, it's because I was spinning my wheels of thinking things needed to be extreme to feel something, to feel any sensations. Um, and as I've healed, I mean, I cry over like little things now, but it's not a bad thing because I use my sensitivity as like a superpower and it's, and it's divine and it's beautiful and it allows me to do so much now. And so everything has shifted from my environment of what I consume, what I think about. And the more consistent you are with changing that, the easier it is for you to stay where you are and like not backtrack. Um, Cause that kind of was a theme for me. I would, I would do good for a month or a few weeks or a day, and then I would fall back a little bit and then I would do okay for a little bit longer. And then I would slip back a little bit further and life's all about the journey. Absolutely. But I think taking baby steps works so much better than trying to do it overnight. Uh, I used to feel a lot of pressure around changing and growing and you're not good enough and you gotta go faster. This has to go, you, this has to be more intense. And it just burnt me out more though. It created problems that didn't need to be problems. It allowed me to feel resistance to certain things because I didn't want to do anything like out with my friends or social stuff because I thought I would be working more. I thought I should be doing X, Y, and Z to heal and reading these books over going to a birthday party. That was me. Like I was really that girl that was like, no, I have to heal my life now. Like I'm just, nothing else can happen. But the thing is, is it took years to do that. So someone really willing to put their life on hold for however long and not actually live it. Like, no, you can heal and you can live your life at the same time. You just have to be intentional with like how you set that up. Yeah, because then we're just striving for something that's unattainable because we're never going to fully shift out of all of these different experiences that life's going to throw at us. And what was coming through for me as you were talking is the embodiment piece. When you are moving your body or repeating certain affirmations and feeling the feelings, you're experiencing what it would be like to thrive before you were thriving because my next question was going to be if someone is in a situation where they can't physically leave everything in their environment or it's it's very hard for them to just make the change really quick what are some tips that you would give to them to start to shift and make small tweaks yeah um I can I'll share the piece from my journey that was like that because even though I am sometimes quick to decide things, there are certain situations where I was iffy for months on something. Like I wanted something different, but I couldn't commit enough. Or I wanted to take out take out myself on a limb and go out on a whim of something, but I didn't have enough trust or I didn't have enough. I didn't think I had enough money or enough confidence to be able to do it. And so it really just has depended on the situation. Um, for me, when I feel or in that place when I wanted things to be a lot different, this was after I was already going to Chris and things. This was actually last year. Um, I knew that I wanted to move to Arizona. So I had some clarity around the direction. And I think that's important to know, like, okay, if you're not happy where you are, ask yourself, well, where would I be happy? Is there anything I can do right now that would make me happier? Okay, ask yourself that, because that's important. If you can do something now, great. And then what would be even better, like this or better? What would I love my environment to look like? Where would I want to live? What would I love to do for work? Even if it doesn't sound logical, it's okay. Just ask yourself these questions, write them, write the answers down, and then think about, okay, what's something I can do today to get there? What's like a little piece? And you talked about this on the episode that we recorded for my show, Laura, about like chunking it down a little bit. Like what can you do today? that will get you a little bit closer to that goal. And I really think it's about those baby steps. And that's what I did. I said, okay, I went to Arizona. I wanted to move for so long. I've totally discredited myself. I thought it'd be too scary to move by myself. Like, who are you? Like, how could you? And uh, I was like, all right, what's the first step here? Let's look at how much a U-Haul is. Let's look at how much, how do I make those arrangements? Okay, cool, got that down. Now let's think about what do I have in my house that I don't love? What do I want to donate, get rid of, give to a friend? And I had friends come over and pick out furniture, pick out clothes. I was like, raid my closet. Like I'm totally open. And I just kind of let things go. I was used to holding on to things which was such like a tight death grip. 
that how is anything else supposed to change if you're not allowing it to just kind of flow? And nothing is ever ours, right? We are just, we're on like borrowed time. Things are a gift to us, but we don't take them when we go. So everything here is not actually yours. And that was something that I really needed to think about when I was transitioning in that period of wanting to be able to make changes because I was afraid to let things go in case that was as good as it gets. But that's like the wrong mentality. Um, if you let it go, you're really communicating outwardly that, you know, that was great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I would like this instead. I want more of this, or I want, I want it to be this way. And you allow that to come kind of come back into your space a little bit faster. Um, and so with the environment piece, chunking it down baby steps, like I said, and then thinking about, okay, how can I protect my energy more? What am I doing that's draining myself or the people right now that I, I can't, you know, have no contact with, but how can I minimize things? How can I set boundaries and parameters? And that's what I did. I would set times where no one could reach me on my phone, right? Like do not disturb. That was the thing. And that's still a thing because I'm a human and I deserve that. Uh, and I think everyone does deserve that. So to be able to set boundaries with where you are is great. And it's very helpful if you can't actually physically move. And then visualization. What, what is the best version you have? What does she look like? How does she talk? What does she dress like? You may not have those clothes in your closet right now. That's okay. You may not have the house that you want to live in right now. That's okay. Or the partner or the friends. That's all right. Think about what does it feel like though when I've had it? What does it feel like right now if that was real? And if you allow yourself to actually feel it in your body, if you can think of you smiling on, on a yacht somewhere with all your best friends and your spouse and your, and your kids and you're on a vacation or you're getting married, if you can actually feel that, like what the food tastes like, the music, how does the sun feel on, on your face? Your body will start to be like, oh, okay, that's what we want. So let's shift things around. How can we get there? It starts to shift the questions that your subconscious is thinking about and it changes consciously your direction and what you actually find important. And the more clear you're on something, the sooner you're able to have that because there's no confusion. If you want three different things from the universe, if you want a boyfriend, you want to be single, but you also kind of want a baby. It's like, okay, girl, what do you want? Like you need to like decide your path. You have to do that um, to be able to shift your environment and to have it not be so hard with you trying to work alone. You need help externally and you have to ask for it and to have it move with you. Yeah. Wow. The how, everything that you've just shared there, I really resonate and just couldn't preach anymore. So having a vision for where you want to go and then connecting to that vision daily through your practices, whether it's visualization, embodiment, and then having the boundaries in place and making small action steps aligned action steps that will help you move closer towards that version of you and we underestimate the compound effect that happens when we continue to show up instead of going fully in and expecting the results immediately overnight and then getting disheartened and falling off track and then another month's passed and you know I'm starting again and it's mm -hmm. really deflating and exhausting and when you were at that stage then where you were implementing all of these tools, starting to see differences and shifts and changes happen, how did you start to develop this certainty of this is the choice I'm making and I'm going to make the choice? So the version of you who is capable of just knowing what she wants and even if there might be doubt from others or fear from others, how do you just make the choice and follow it? That's a great question. I love that. I would say that even with the decisions I make now, big or small, sometimes I'm scared. Sometimes I have fear. There might be beliefs that come up that are totally against with what I'm wanting to do or what I'm deciding on. And I choose to think about, I could stay where I'm at. I could keep making the same decisions. And even though I really love my life. I would consider myself to be thriving. I brought myself kind of from the dead back um, with the help of certain doctors and, and different awarenesses and, and spiritual tools and stuff. I still feel sometimes uh, this 
urge in my body. People call it butterflies, but I'm like, is that anxiety though? Is that like some internal, you know, stuff coming up? Um, and I just decide to, to do it because I've watched myself take where I was to where I am now. And I think about how much more people can I help even on a small level, if it's me being a better person helps my grandma or helps my mom, or my dad is able to do something differently or people like neighbors or my friends have, they're happier or they see me embody these different practices and I am a living example and they're able to take something away from that and help in their life. How does me being the best version of me help everyone else? Because it is a ripple effect. It does spread and people want to change the world, but you change it by changing yourself first. And I think that I also get this kick I'm a Sagittarius and so we're known to being a little bit wild a little bit adventurous the worst thing you can do to me is want to put me in a box because I'm like get me out of here I need to like stretch and move around um I like to challenge myself in a way of like how much more can you shift how how far can you go what can you really do what kind of legacy can you build or what kind of impact can you leave for your future children or for the dogs I call them my children with whiskers because they're spoiled like ridiculously but uh what can I do to just be the best version of myself and there is no fear there is no like consequence if you want to stay where you are because you're already used to what you're around right so it can't get any worse it can only get better and I love to open myself up to that of being like sure I'm gonna feel scared but I'd rather feel scared than feel numb and feel nothing at all and to be able to just feel disconnected. I don't want to feel like that. So it's taking it back to thinking about my past and reflecting and um, realizing that she didn't quit. She kept going. Even when things felt so difficult, if I can make it through that, I can make it through anything. And I think people have so much strength in themselves and they forget it sometimes. They forget how much power they have and how strong their intuition can be you don't need to be spiritual to have an intuition. You were born with it and you have gifts and abilities. Even if you haven't tapped into them yet, that's okay. They're there. They're sitting, waiting for you to be, to activate them and for them to be able to help you even further on your journey. Yeah. I love that. So I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about relationships in our life when we are doing the inner work and we're growing for the better and making positive changes relationships in terms of friendships the sisterhood wound or even romantic relationships and what your experience has been in navigating any people that have left your life or experiences of betrayal through the sisterhood wound and whatever you feel called to share with us because I know that there are a lot of people who start on this path and they see that their perspective is changing energetically they're changing and what they were once interested in is not something that they want to do anymore and that might not be in alignment with their friendship groups or people in their circle and when you start to do well for yourself you start to create something of your own there can be even that element of jealousy and envy and bitchiness from other women so I'm just curious in hearing if you've experienced that and if you have how have you been able to navigate out of it oh yes how much time do we have (laughs) uh absolutely I have experienced it and it's common it's not something that people should feel bad about or to think oh why me why am I being singled out why is this happening how did I not see this before trust me we've all had friends family people that we thought had our best interest at heart were in our corner were cheering us on and they weren't and it doesn't even mean that they're a bad person or that they meant it to they meant it intentionally a lot of times people will feel triggered by things, by someone outgrowing them. Maybe they feel behind or they're comparing their journey to yours or vice versa. Maybe people think that they need to be a certain way because they're all their friends are a certain way, but we're all born different. We're all connected, but we're also very unique. People have different gifts and things and you can't compare 
someone to someone else because their journey is different. Their soul is different. Where they've came, where they've come from is different. Um, and for me, I've experienced it from people that were acquaintances, people that were like really, really close friends. Um, and I used to put people on a pedestal when I care about them, like friends, family, partners. Uh, and I realized that your perception of someone changes, like your perception of them changes the narrative, but that narrative may not be reality. That's how people can avoid red flags, right? It's a joke of like, oh, like I didn't see the red flags. Why? Because maybe you were in love with them or maybe you saw them in a different way. You had them on this pedestal of this perspective and it's not actually real. And a lot of us do this with just people. We idolize a celebrity and then they drop a corn dog down their shirt and we're like, wait, you're a human too? Oh gosh, no, like that's not who I thought you were. Like it's, you know, people are just, they think that, some people are perfect and they're not. Um, and so a really big lesson I learned is to not idolize anyone. You can be inspired. You can love to learn. You can admire them, what they've been through, who they are, what they embody, their character. But they're not any further above than you are. We're all equal. You know, different how people look, where they come from. We're all equal in my eyes. And to be able to bring that relatability and thinking that you could be with someone and think they're the coolest person, but your perspective of them shouldn't change before or after. Like, and it does because we see people in a certain way until they show maybe their true colors or things. Um, when I was a lot more quiet, when I wouldn't stand up for myself, I noticed I attracted a lot more fake friends, people who wanted to be around me for me being generous or me um, having a certain lifestyle or like to go on trips or to do different things. And a lot of people think that you can buy someone's love, but you can't, you can't do that for a friend or for anything else. And, uh, it's really interesting to think about that. The more authentic you are to yourself, the more people you're going to attract that are also authentic, that are also healthy and healing. And they're serving you more in the place of where you are, not where you've been. And as I've grown, it's been a little bit lonely. There have been periods of time where I'm like, mm, interesting, which like not many people I have as friends, but I like it that way because I'd rather have a small close-knit circle of people that are really genuine and loving and have my best interests and are really just good people than people that aren't and have a, have a bigger circle of people that you don't really know who they are. Because how many people actually know who they actually are? Not very many. Like, it's very few compared to the majority. And that's something that really just shifted my perspective on friendships and everything else. Yeah. Were you ever in a position where you were having signs or intuitive nudges that particular person wasn't right for you and it was time for that friendship to end and you had to make a decision? Or was it more of a case of, it compounded and then there was a big instant and that caused the relationship to fall apart. I've had it both ways. I've had instances with friends where they'll say something a few times that just doesn't resonate or I'll notice that maybe we don't have as much in common as I thought we did. Or maybe we even just have different directions of where we're going. And it's not to say that you can't be friends with people that are different because you totally can, right? You can be friends with anyone of any background of whatever career that they do. But there are certain times when you just know that maybe they are not a good person as, as, a, as they think they are, or maybe they don't have the best intentions, or you feel maybe some jealous energy from them they are trying to gaslight you in light ways or belittle you, make little slight comments that, you know, maybe are a joke to from their perspective, but in a way it's coming across to kind of like, you know, put a slice in your tire. And people can be playful, absolutely, but there have been times where I've had friends and I'm just like, you know, this just doesn't feel right. Even if we can't logically put an answer to it, your body will always tell you if it's a yes or no. And if you're confused, it's usually a no. Like that's kind of one of my rules that I teach people. If it's not a yes, it's a no, absolutely. And if you're not even sure if it's a yes, then it's also a no. <laughs> Makes it more simple to kind of give you more clarity on that. Um, and then as far as something that's like very dramatic and like 
a big old explosion or something that's happened that you're just like, whoa, like what happened here? Um, I did have a close friend and we were friends for years. Um, and again, I put her on a pedestal. I was like, oh, she's this way. Like I had almost these expectations and you can't do that for people because everyone's different. People go through dark night of the soul. People go through all these different things, right? And it really does change them and different experiences. But um, I think there's a point when you haven't listened to the signs and then God's like, all right, here, boom, there you go, like dynamite. And just has to blow things up a little bit for you to be able to shift things around. Um, and even though it was hard, it was difficult. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this person one day was going to be my wedding. Like, I love this person and I still care about this person, but I can't throw myself in front of a train for them. You know, I can't have my boundaries to the floor for them. I have to have some respect for myself, no matter what they're going through. People have to have some empathy and understanding and just communicate. If you can't be like in your best light of letting someone know how you feel or what's going on, then maybe they're not a good friend for you. Maybe they're not a good fit. Uh, communication is like the bare minimum for any relationship, any friendship, any partnership. If they even can't tell you how they feel, even if it's going to upset you, then that's a problem. And people, I think sometimes are like, oh, well, I'm, I grew up this way, or this is what I'm used to, or I'm this attachment style, but that's no excuse. Like you have, you have a way to communicate and you should always share with people how you feel because people can't read their mind. I mean, telepathy is a thing, but usually people cannot read your mind and to know how you feel about something. And uh, I think it's really been a really big lesson, especially for this year. Things have shifted in a way to where I was like, I didn't expect that, but I know it's happening for my highest timeline and that's okay. Yeah. Have you done any work on healing the sisterhood wound or are you still in the process of navigating that? I know that a lot of your work is focused on helping women and what I found through my journey is the more that I'm able to heal the relationships that I have with women or my perception of women and not seeing other women as out to get me or any experiences of the past influence in the present and certain patterns that I've attracted into my life that that's been able to help me in terms of how I show up and who I attract client-wise and people who want to work with me or listen to the podcast. Have you had a similar experience through doing in the healing work? Absolutely. I used to think something was wrong with me because I have all these different phases of people that come into my life and everyone comes into our life either, you know, forever, for a season, to learn something, to give you something. And, um, I would look at people and think, oh my gosh, they have like five friends that they grew up with from grade school. That's so cool. Like, why don't I have that? And I used to think that maybe something was wrong or that makes me a bad person or am I not a good friend? What's going on? But really how we feel internally, our thoughts, what we're doing, how our life looks, um, in, like how our life feels internally does attract externally everything. And so with people, there were a few friends that I uh, had made a few years ago before I moved, of course, and before um, the pivotal moments of so much, like when everything had shifted around. And I have noticed over the last, I would just say, not even recently, but like the last three months or so, kind of end of springtime, midsummer of this year was when everything just kind of fell apart in a way. Nothing big happened, but they were just, I guess I stopped reaching out sometimes because if it's one-sided, like that's kind of a red flag for friendships, right? If you're always reaching out, if you're always putting in the work and things, then maybe that person isn't as interested to keep that connection or to see how you're doing and to be, you know, genuine about wanting to know things or how, how, they, how you're doing, how they can help you. And uh, as I put up more boundaries, as I've healed, I've learned to shift people around with what category that they fit in best. And uh, I love to be supportive and be loving and reach out. And I'm always cheering people on, even people that I don't know, strangers, like I am just that, I am that girl. And uh, with friends, when you attract certain types of people who want to be in your circle for what you can give them, but not who you are as a person, and you're constantly giving, you're constantly generous, you're feeding them, right? You're keeping them 
them fed, them full, and they're going to stay close. And as I stopped doing that, the people that weren't very authentic, people that wanted to be me, but in a way that wasn't healthy, they've slowly fallen off. But it was like three months where I was like, wow, all this is changing so fast. Oh my goodness. And for a minute I was freaking out. And I, I think I actually texted Chris and I was like, um, so this weirdest thing is happening. And uh, it's kind of funny because I always usually know the answer to what I'm going to ask, like at least for him. But sometimes that validation is healthy or like that makes me feel good to know that I'm not crazy. Because sometimes when you don't have a sounding board for something and something's happening in your life, you don't really know what to do with it. And I wasn't sure, is this okay? Is this normal? Is this something that's positive? Maybe I'm doing something that is causing this or has created this. And I did, I, I healed, I became more authentic. I stood up for myself, I put up healthy boundaries. I decided that I could love myself and love you at the same time. Boundaries are a way of telling someone that you care about them so much, you want them in your life, you do. You want them in your life, but there has to be certain parameters. They can't just take full advantage. And they shouldn't want to either if they're a healthy and good person. They should want you to be healthy by yourself and to be able to complement your life, not take away from it all the time. Yeah. Honestly, I could talk to you about this topic forever. I can't believe how quickly time has gone with us recording. So before we do finish off, are you okay to just share with us a little bit about how people can find you, the work that you offer and anything else? Absolutely. This has been so much fun. So my main platform that I use is Instagram. So it's at energetically her. And then there's also a podcast that I have as well uh, called energetically her podcast. And so I'm on one Instagram almost every day. And uh, as far as services go right now, I'm offering EFT tapping sessions. Uh, it's working with the meridian points of the body to be able to release trauma, belief systems, depression, anxiety, lots of different things that it helps with. And so I am taking on clients for that. And um, yeah. Amazing. Taylor, thank you so much for your time. I've loved our conversation. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed being able to share with the audience and connect. And I hope that they enjoyed it as much as we did. Oh, I'm sure that they did. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Lift Yourself Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe. And if you would like to see more content from me, follow me on Instagram at underscore lauralifts underscore. If you're feeling generous, give this podcast a review on the Apple Podcast app as it will help this podcast get in front of more people who need to hear this content. Thank you so much for listening. I am so, so grateful to have you with me and I'm really looking forward to speaking to you next time.